Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. To use our finances in a way that would honor the Lord and, and would show that, uh, you know, that we are His people. And we also understand that no matter how much it is that you gain here in life, at the end, you give it all back. and You leave it all behind. And so God tells us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. So he tells us that. And we learn about some financial offense and some financial defense. You know, just like in a, in a sports game, you can score as many points as you want. But if the other team scores more points, you're still losing. You know, if you're in a basketball game, you know, uh, they might in the NBA, they might score 100 points uh, roughly in a game. You could score 200 points, but it doesn't matter if the other team scores 201 points, you still lose the game. And so we might increase our income and we might make a lot of money, but if we can't stop ourselves from spending it, we'll still end up losing. And so that's why sometimes uh, we might think that the answer to all of our financial struggles would be if I just make a little bit more. If I just made a little bit more, and sometimes that is what is needed. Sometimes there's better financial offense that is needed. But sometimes, and most of the time, really, the answer is that we need better financial defense. And, and we looked at some principles dealing with debt and things like that. And I, I hope that as we uh, take those principles and either continue to apply them or begin to apply them, that we'll be able to see a difference in our financial situation. And really, if, if that is a testimony of your life or will be the testimony of your life, then that gives you a lot of great opportunities, right? You know, if you're in debt and uh, really every month you, you got to be giving to the credit card companies, you got to be giving to the bank, then, you know, that's not money that you could use. But if you get out of debt, suddenly you have some resources that you could use in different ways. And it, it affords you some great opportunities because we have some better control. And, and one of the opportunities is the opportunity to give, the opportunity to contribute. Uh, Winston Churchill is quoted as saying this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And so here as uh, God's people, we see that we, if we apply God's principles, we could come out ahead financially and make some progress there. But really, it's for the glory of God, and, and, and you could spend it in different ways for God's glory. But one of those opportunities is to give to the Lord, to give towards the cause of Christ. And I want to take a look at six ways in which we can and should give. Number one, I see that we should give with a reason. We should give with a reason. We should give with a purpose. Verse number one of chapter nine says, for as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Verse 12 says, for the administration of this service not only supplieth the wants of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. Paul is, is telling the church there in Corinth in chapter eight, he, he talks to them about you have an abundance. It's clear that Financially, they were doing well. Financially, they were well off. And they said, and, 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 and Paul was telling them, you have an opportunity to give. But in chapter number nine, he begins to describe why they should give. Towards what are they giving? What is the reason for giving? We see that when we give to the Lord, it provides for the poverty of the saints. That's what verse number 12 said. For the administration of this service not only supplieth 
the want of the saints. You know, there are a lot of needs in ministry. There are a lot of financial obligations, and there are a lot of spiritual needs in the church. If you, if you consider just a general need of a church, you, you, you would need, uh, you know, just uh, somebody to teach the word, somebody to learn the word and to teach the word and to encourage uh, people. Uh, there are spiritual needs to, to learn more and to apply things to their life. There are a lot of spiritual needs for people to be challenged to be the light and the salt that they are called to be. You know, we have a short time here on earth and a short opportunity for us to make an eternal impact. There are a lot of spiritual needs, but with those spiritual needs often come financial needs. You know, we sit here in a building, and I praise the Lord for it. I praise the Lord that we have a meeting place that every single week that we could come here and sit down and sing praises to the Lord, to hear somebody, to sing about God's love for us, and really to because God's people gave. There's a real financial need here. You know, we have people who came on Easter Sunday because we had a piece of property right here on Normandy Avenue, and we were able to put up a banner right along the side of the street, and it would stay up there 24 hours a day, and uh, it's been, it was up there for about a month. And, and because of that, people had the opportunity to see, hey, there's a church here that has something special. Hey, I think that I'll go to that. And uh, what a wonderful blessing that it was. And just in a, in a practical sense, there are so many different financial needs to pay the bills that are here, to have an activity like we had yesterday, uh, to be able to go to the park, to reserve the park, to provide the food for the park, to provide for the ministers that are here. Titus chapter 1, verse number 5 says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Here is, here is Titus. He was commissioned by God, and, and Paul was uh, instructing him to go to the island of Crete and to go to the churches and to minister there, to ordain elders there, to continue to teach them there. But there were some financial, he had to survive somehow. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those that labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his hire. There are a lot of, of uh, financial needs that go towards either the building uh, to uh, supply the, the needs of the ministers that are here, uh, 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 reaching out to different, uh, uh, to our community, with the gospel, you know, we support a, a ministry down in uh, Mexico City. There's a Bible college that is there. And uh, we were, uh, uh, Brother Robbie and I and, uh, and Pastor and, uh, and uh, Pastor Guetta, we were, we were in a, the staff meeting together and we were talking about uh, his trip to Honduras and asking questions about uh, the Bible college there. They have, I think, about nine students that are there right now. And uh, 11 graduates who are now in ministry, either working at a church or uh, serving in some place. And uh, a lot of great work that is going on there. But that ministry is possible in large part because churches like ours, we support that uh, ministry there. But also there is a man there who has a business and has made it his calling to help support the college. And he takes some of the, 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 the profits from the company in order to contribute towards this cause. 
And he's, uh, every single year, he's supporting the college and supporting the ministry. And uh, what a great uh, 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 prophet that's coming out of that. In, in July, we're going to go down to the Mexico City area. We're going to go just outside of it, really. And uh, we're going to go on our missions trip there. And we're going to help a church plant. That, well, the, the church planter that is there graduated from that Bible college. And now we are going to help and uh, try to uh, be able to bring some people in to hear the gospel and to be able to help that church plant. But there are some great financial needs. And so when you give to God through the church, just know that it goes towards, hey, we can continue to pay for the mortgage of this place, pay for the bills of this place. We can have a church building that we can meet in. And what a wonderful thing that it is. Uh, when we give towards the Lord through our church, it also provides praise to the Savior. Verse 13 says, Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. So here what we see is that the people glorify the Lord because of the giving of the people. Galatians chapter 1 verse 24 says, And they glorified God in me. And what a great testimony. That should be the testimony of our lives and a, and a goal for us is to say, you know what, I want God to be glorified in my life. Whether it is that I'm a school teacher, whether it is that I'm a homemaker, whether it is that I'm a, I'm a lawyer, whether it is that I just go into the office and, and uh, you know, I'm an accountant or whatever the case might be, and I, and I go home and the way that I live my life, the Lord should be glorified. And one way that we could glorify the Lord is to give to the Lord through our finances to say, you know what, this is uh, money that, that God has given the opportunity for me to earn, and I want to honor him in this way. Thirdly, I see that when we give to the Lord, it provides for the preaching of salvation. Verse 13, again, whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. And for your liberal distribution unto them, unto the people, unto the people of the church, and unto all men. What Paul is saying here is because you gave, and because you're going to give again, more people heard the gospel and were saved. Because you gave. You know, uh, we, we go out on a weekly basis. And we invite people to our church. In your bulletins right now, you have an invitation to our community day. And on the back side of that is some verses there that will help somebody to learn what is the gospel. How could I be saved? What is sin? Who is God? Does God love me? What did God do for me? How could I have my sins to be forgiven? And uh, for every major event, we have invitations like that. We have invitations for our community day. VBS is coming up in June. We will have invitations for... Christmas invitations and Easter invitations and, and all sorts of different kinds of invitations and, and just regular invitations. And, and uh, I was looking back on, on the cost of these invitations. Uh, over the past year, we spent roughly about $1,500, maybe a little bit more. So every month, we're spending over $100 in order to print these invitations and to give them to our community, to give them to people that we know. And uh, it's possible because people gave. We support right now 47 different missionaries and missionary projects all around the world. 
We support missionaries in Ghana. We support missionaries in Nepal. We just heard from our missionary in Nepal recently. We support missionaries in Cambodia and India and in China. We support missionaries in Korea and Mexico, in El Salvador and the Philippines. We support a missionary in Inglewood. We support a missionary in Las Vegas. We support a lot of missionaries who have made it their calling to preach the gospel all around the world. Uh, we read recently, just a few weeks ago, about our missionary, Adam Friedenstein. He's in El Salvador. And uh, his uh, letter that was uh, given to us in January, he gave us a quick summary of uh, what happened in his ministry in 2017. And one of the statistics was that there were 73 souls that professed trust in Christ in the year 2017. T uh, 73 people last year heard the gospel and called upon the name of Jesus Christ to be their Savior because people like you gave to the Lord. And what a wonderful thing it is. The fruit that came out of that ministry is to your account. Also, we see that when you give, as I mentioned before, it gives towards the need of, uh, of this property. You know, and uh, there's a lot of different things that go towards uh, reaching out into our community. You know, we, we're, we, we had our uh, auditorium renovation that was presented by Brother Robbie, and he did a lot of research getting into uh, looking at what kind of chairs are available, how can we get them for a good deal, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get those chairs in, Lord willing, in July, and it'll be great. And one of the, the, the advantages to that is that when a visitor comes and somebody hasn't heard the gospel, that they'll, that they'll feel comfortable, that they'll, they'll you know, feel uh, you know, welcome and at ease, and that there's a lot of different things that we could do towards that. But because you gave, you might help a visitor to feel more comfortable when they come in. You, because you gave, they might see a banner that's sitting outside. Because you gave, they might see some different materials that tells them about a God that loves them. And so when we give... We are giving towards these purposes. And I want you to think about every time that you give an offering to think, you know what? When I give uh, this offering or I give to these missionaries, you know what? I don't know uh, which, uh, which missionary will receive this dollar, but I know that they're going to use it to preach the gospel. And I don't know these people that are going to hear the gospel, but I pray that they'll get saved. And I pray that those that get saved, that they will hear the, the word and as they trust it, that they will grow. And when you give, that is towards the cause that you are giving. And when you give towards the, your tithes and your offerings towards this church, just know this building is here and possible because God's people gave. And so when you give, let me encourage you to think, you know what, I'm giving to the Lord, but I also understand that God will use it to his glory here in our church. So give with a reason. Secondly, let me encourage you, and, and Paul encourages the people here to give richly. To give richly. Verse 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So here Paul, he encourages the people to give and, and to give generously. And really, as I look through uh, the Bible and look in, in different passages, we see a number of reasons why we should give generously. Number one, it's because we serve a generous God. That's why we should give generously, because God gave generously to us. Romans 8.32 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know what the verse is saying? 
You know, we, we, we talk about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. What an amazing love. Amen? What an amazing love that God would die on the cross for our sins. That God would give us his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth to pay the price for your sins so that you did not have to go to hell. What an amazing, loving, giving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But verse 32 of Romans 8 says, he didn't only give us his son. He says, if he would give us his son, how shall he not with Jesus Christ also freely give us all things? If God would not withhold his son, what would he withhold from us? And the answer is nothing. God wants to give you everything that you need. And we should give generously back to God because God gave generously to us. And secondly, we are promised to receive when we give. Luke chapter 6, 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running together shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be given to you again. And also I see that we can make a great impact by giving generously. The more that we give, the more that we can make an impact. You know, just, just going to maybe our missions commitment. You know, I don't know how much it is that you give. And of course, every single family needs to go to the Lord and say, God, maybe this year in September when we have our missions conference, if it's possible, if you would, would uh, you know, uh, move in my heart to do it, I would love to give more. I'd love to support another missionary. And uh, praise the Lord, we've been able to add missionaries over the years. And the more missionaries that we can support, the more people will hear the gospel and the more will be saved. Amen? Amen. And so that's a great opportunity. You might say, you know what, I would love to get more. I just can't. And, and uh, you know, some people are in that situation, but we pray and, and God blesses. And we can say, you know what, God, if you give me this, then I promise I will give it to missions so that some missionary could continue to minister in a foreign country or here in America to train up new missionaries so that they could hear the gospel. So we need to give with a reason, knowing towards what purpose we give. Let, it, let me encourage you to give richly. Also give in rejoicing. Verse 6, uh, I just read it, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You know, when you know the purpose towards which you give, and, and you know, you know, if I give to the Lord, I know that God will be glorified, and I know that the needs of this church will be met, and I know that the more lost people will hear the, the gospel, and, and some will trust in Christ to be saved, then we can give joyfully. We can know, you know what, I'm giving towards the Lord's uh, cause, and, and uh, people will hear the gospel because of what I gave. Acts chapter 22 or 20, verse 35 says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that's, I think, a big part of how we can know if I give, it is more blessed to give than to receive, knowing that I could give and people will hear the gospel and people uh, will be reached, the gods of uh, people will be encouraged what a great opportunity we have in giving. Number four, I see that we need to and we can give reliantly. 
Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. When we give, we need to give out of faith. Philemon, uh, not chapter, Philemon, verse 4 uh, through verse 6, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication, this is talking about giving, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. We need to give out of faith. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Here this verse is, is given to uh, the people of Israel, and God is challenging them in their tithes, in their 10%. You give it to me, and I will prove myself strong and bless you accordingly. But the principle that we could take from here and apply it to us is we give first in faith, trusting that we will receive from God later. We give first, and then we receive. Sometimes we think, God, if you give it to me, then I will give. And that's a great thing to, give, uh, to promise to the Lord. But it is a greater step of faith to just say, God, I will give it to you first, trusting that you will fill, uh, fulfill your promise. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Number five, I see that we need to give with reciprocation. We need to give with thanksgiving. Verse 15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave. When we read that verse, I want you to mentally, instead of saying, for God so loved the world, put your name in there. For God so loved Richard. For God so loved Richard that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved, see Joe here up here. I, for God so loved Joe that For God so loved, my wife's back there, my, for God so loved Esther that he gave his only begotten son. You know, sometimes we think about, you know, God, if you would just give to me, then I would, I would give back to you. But really the truth is God has already given so much to us. Sometimes we forget about that. Sometimes we forget all of the things that we've already received in the gospel. To, to know that God gave us his only begotten son. That God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And we, when we give and we say, you know what, God, here is my tithe. I want to honor you with this. And, and uh, if you've been praying towards missions and you feel like God had maybe put a number on, 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 uh, on your mind and said, you know what, I'm going to commit $5 to missions. I'm going to commit $20 to missions. Or I'm going to commit $50 or whatever the case might be. I'm going to commit some to missions. Or I'm going to commit to just giving towards this building project that we could give thankfully because we could say, God, you know what? I, I can't give more than this. I would love to give more than this. I'll give you all that I can. God, this is what I can give you, and I will give it to you thankfully 
because of what you have given to us. First John chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. We can love him because he first loved us. Who initiated it? It was God. God first loved, and then we loved him back. And in the same way, when we give, we're not initiating it. Really, what we should say is we're giving back to God because he has already given so much to us. And that gives us a great opportunity to just give out of thanksgiving. And really, there are other ways to give to the Lord. We could give our service. We could give our praise. We could give our witness. We could give our testimony. And financially, of course, we could also give in that way. Sixthly, I also see that we should give regularly. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. This is in a, the, the first epistle to the church at Corinth. Chapter number 16, verse number 1 says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the church of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, on Sunday, let every one of you by, lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Here is Paul. He's instructing the church there. And of course, you know, they didn't have wire services. They couldn't just mail a check and they couldn't just do these different things. They had to physically carry coins and, and uh, money in order to bring it to the missionary. Or when Paul would come through, then he would gather the offering and use it for the ministry of the service. But what Paul instructs the church there in Corinth to do is you collect it regularly. You collect it on a weekly basis. Now, many of you, uh, when you work and you go to your workplace, you probably don't get paid on a daily or weekly basis. Some of you may, but most people would not. You might get paid every two weeks or twice a month. You might get paid uh, on a few rare occasions, maybe once a month. Uh, you might get paid. And so the, the point is this, uh, is that in that day and age, most people would get paid at the end of the day. And you would see it in the way that Jesus would give the parables. People would go to work. They would stand in the street corners waiting for somebody to hire them. And then they would go work. And at the end of the day, they would go back to the man that hired him. And then he would pay him at the end of the day. And so it would be a, a regular occurrence for everybody to each and every day they would work and then they would receive their pay. And so on the Sunday that they, were, that they would go to church service together, that they would gather together, that's when they would collect the offering towards the tithes that they might give or towards the missionary project to support the Apostle Paul or whatever the case might be. But the point is this, to, tr to give regularly to the Lord. Let me encourage you to do that uh, for every paycheck that you might get, to give regularly to the Lord. You know, of course, uh, we, we talk about the tithe, but uh, wh wherever it is that you are, let me encourage you to give regularly to the Lord. Part of that includes coming regularly to the church in order that you could give regularly. You see how that works, right? If you want to give regularly, then you got to come Regularly. Let me encourage you to come regularly then. In order that you might give, you would say, you know what? I got a missionary that I got to support. He needs money this month in order to pay the bills. I got to get it to him. How am I going to get it to him? I'm going to get it to him through the church. I'm going to go to Sunday. What a wonderful thing. You know, instead of thinking about, oh, they're collecting the offering again, it's you're looking forward to the offering. All right? We're going to look forward to the offering. Amen? Amen. All right. Not as enthusiastic as before. But all right. We're going to look forward 
to the offering to say, you know what? I can give to the Lord, thankfully, because he gave to me already. I'm going to give to the Lord because he has already given so much to me. I'm going to give to the Lord because these are some worthy causes to reach people with the gospel. So that a missionary might receive the support that he needs to continue to stay in the field. So that we could have a property that we could meet in. I'm looking forward to this offering so I can contribute to the cause of the Lord. So you would need to come faithfully. You would need to come regularly. You would also need to come prepared. All right, let's, uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna see a show of hands. How many of you, if it, if it were possible, and uh, uh, would say this, uh, I don't carry cash, or I hate carrying cash. How many of you hate carrying cash? All right, slip up your hand. Okay, some of you don't mind carrying cash, all right? Let me ask you this question. How many of you carry a checkbook with you? All right, slip up your hand. Okay, not that many, all right? I do not carry a checkbook with me, all right? I never carry I barely even carry cash. So you know what? If I came to church just like I live my normal, regular, daily life, all I would have is my cell phone, my driver's license, and a credit card. That's it. So I have to come prepared. So on a practical level, you know honestly what I do? I'm a minister here. I'm not going to forget, but I have an app that has all of these reminders for me. Just things that I need to do around the house. I need to, I need to, you know, fix this thing. Or, you know, recently what I did is I put up some picture frames on our wall, and uh, so I put up some picture frames after living here for a year and a half. Now finally we have some picture frames on the wall, and uh, so you know, so I have an app that lists all of the things that I need to do. I need to go to the bank and take care of this, or I need to go purchase this, or I might need to go to the DMV, and I, I write down all of these things that I need to do. I list out all of the bills that I need to pay. Sometimes I have it automatically paid, but sometimes I need to do it manually. Every single bill, I have it listed, and so I see it. Oh, I gotta pay this credit card bill. Oh, I gotta pay the electricity bill. I gotta pay, uh, you know, uh, the cell phone bill, and all of these things. One of them is write your tithe check. I have a reminder for that. And so when I'm at home and I see the reminder, when I'm there at home where my checkbook is also at. I pull out the checkbook, I write it, and then I bring it here to church so that on Sunday, it's ready for me to give in the offering. And so for me, on a practical level, that just means I got to be prepared ahead of time and think about it. Maybe you might need to put away some of your tithe into a specific place so that it will be ready to collect. And so that might be something that would help to be prepared to give your tithes or your offerings. You know, just to be honest, you know, if you're not used to regularly having a checkbook with you, you'll forget, you know, and, and just to be honest, you know, we might collect the, the offering and then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot to write the check. And so you're digging through your bag and looking for your checkbook and then you pull it out and you're like, where's the pen? And then you're looking for a pen and then you take the pen and it doesn't work. And then, you know, and then by that time, the offering plate has passed you already. Right? And then you're like, oh no, I gotta write it. And then you hopefully, on the row behind you, when it comes past you, you could give it then. But then it's already, there's nobody behind you, so it just, it just goes. And you're like, oh no, I didn't give it this week, you know? And, and that, that's a silly example, but sometimes it happens. I've had that happen to me. Where I forgot to put everything together. And so that might be a help to you. And so let me encourage you to give regularly, to give regularly. And uh, as we conclude in the series of finances, and, and we'll come back to finances on a regular basis, because really the Bible has a lot to say about finances.
to offense and defense as we look at how to maybe get out of debt and be wise with getting into debt or really not getting into debt and uh, taking a look at these different kinds of principles that we be able to apply them and see that God will bless our financial situation so that I could, you know what, I could support another missionary. You know what, I could give towards this auditorium renovation project. You know what, I could give towards uh, reaching people with the gospel. And because of that, then we could come to church and say, you know what, it's offering time. I'm glad that we could give. I know that somebody's going to hear the gospel because I gave in the offering today. I know that God will be glorified because I gave. You know what, we will continue to have a church building where we could meet. We could have different activities and outreach opportunities because I gave in the offering Today, we're going to collect an offering in just a few moments. Let me encourage you, be prepared. You might even right now start pulling out your offering envelopes, maybe writing, writing it down. You might want to be prepared. We're going to collect an offering in a moment. Let me encourage you to give thankfully. God, you have given so much to me, and I just want to give it back to you. And what a wonderful opportunity it is that we have as believers to give to the Lord. Let's pray.